Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Sunday night is when this is being recorded on Sunday night. Appreciate you guys hanging out and being a part as always. So, uh, Ole Miss got a little bit of help this weekend. Kentucky beating Louisville did help. Now, uh, Florida blew it with Florida State, just like they blew it a week ago with Missouri, but still a chance for Ole Miss to make an access bowl if you believe one Andy Staples. More on that here in a little bit. Uh, before we get into anything else, I do want to remind you, please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, and wherever you get your podcasts, just search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. So... Uh, did the Sunday live chat? You know, it, frankly, it's a lot of uh, of Mississippi State talk, but uh, that's that was the story of the day, right? As Mississippi State hires a coach, former Ole Miss offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, also talks some A and M and the Access Bowl scenario. So we've got all that coming your way. It's forty five minutes, almost an hour's worth of a conversation about the two jobs in the SEC that got filled over the weekend. Before we get into it. I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office technology and you're located anywhere in Mississippi. If your Mississippi business needs office tech, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by... Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. There's one in my backyard. I have to go to the bank a good bit, and they always treat me like a member of their family. It is really a a positive banking experience, which is something that not many people get to say, as I've learned, but Priority One Bank makes me their priority. They will make you theirs as well. Check out one of their 16 locations here in Mississippi, Priority One Bank. All right, here it is, the Sunday live chat talking new coaches in the SEC and access bowl scenarios right now. Thank you guys for tuning in. Here that is right now, and I'll talk to you again soon. Dive right in. So the story around Mississippi, where, uh, you know, I live and uh, and do uh, do media. That's a weird thing that people say, and I just said it, do media. What does that even mean? Uh, but uh, we'll start with the most important one around here. Jeff Lebby, former Ole Miss offensive coordinator and former Oklahoma offensive coordinator as well as UCF, uh, has just been hired as the head coach at Mississippi State. So I will start with uh, Kobe's question. Is it a good hire? I'm going to give you some pros and uh, and some cons uh, to the uh, Jeff Lebby hire at uh, at Mississippi State. First of all, of course, the positive, the pros. Uh, the pros to Jeff Lebby at Mississippi State, it is an explosive offense that is proven. So I'll start with the first half of that. It is an explosive offense. Mississippi State has gone through some offensive changes. What Dan Mullen did at Mississippi State worked. It did. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Joe Moorhead came in, had the best defense in college football, and still lost four games with it a year later, 
went six and six. It just didn't work. And then they transitioned to the air raid, which was not explosive. Now, it was different for Mississippi State, but it wasn't explosive. It wasn't even a particularly fun offense, if we're being honest. It was very, you know, predictable. And that was by design. It was, uh, it was an equalizer for lesser teams to play up to their competition, and it worked for two decades for Mike Leach. It's certainly not disparaging the air raid. It innovated college football, but it was a, a simple offense, and, and it lacked explosion uh, in, uh, in his time at Mississippi State. And then whatever the hell State fans had to do with this year, I don't even know what you want to call that. They had no offensive identity whatsoever. Um, this is an offense that is explosive. Uh, it, it is one that uh, feasts on big plays. It is good quarterback play. It's but they run the football well. I mean, it's an explosive offense, uh, a, a ton of big explosive plays. It's really fun to watch. Uh, the the personnel, like guys, want to play in this offense. And the important part is that it's proven. I would be far more concerned if I were a state fan if he was uh, coming straight from Old Miss under Kiffin or straight from Heupel. This is different. So, yes, he he was under offensive mind Josh Heupel. Yes, he was under offensive mind Lane Kiffin. And, it, you know, you have to wonder how much influence he had at those two places, knowing who those head coaches are. I mean, the Ole Miss offense has still been good after Jeff Levy's departure. So if he was going straight from Ole Miss's OC to Mississippi State's head coach, I would be concerned. But that is not how this has happened. He's been under Heupel. He's been under Lane Kiffin. And then he got to have the show completely on his own. He's been under a defensive-minded head coach at Oklahoma. The offense has been his, and it's still been really, really good and explosive, and it's been fun, and it's working. And so uh, I think that does matter here. This is this is different than hiring somebody under an offensive-minded head coach that they're hiring somebody who got to run the show at Oklahoma, and the show has been really, really good uh, as well. So that should be more comforting for state fans is, you know, yes, he's coached under Kiffin and Heupel, but he's also run his own show, and it went very, very well. So it's a proven offense that is explosive, that has worked uh, everywhere that he has been. Uh, number two, my second pro is that he will recruit quarterbacks well. Uh, yes, I, I know that he has been at Oklahoma. And, I mean, you guys know this. Oklahoma is a big brand in college football. But quarterback recruiting, uh, including the transfer portal, is going to go well uh, for Jeff Lebby uh, at Mississippi State. He has a track record. He has connections. Uh, he has past success uh, of quarterbacks to sell to people. It is going to go well. I know it's a school that has had Dak Prescott. I know that Will Rogers did record-wise what he did, but but absent Dak, they have kind of been limited in terms of what they've been able to sign at quarterback at Mississippi State. They have lacked talent at that position. Yes, even the record-breaking kind. It's frankly, I, I, this is going to sound disparaging to to the previous guys, but um, it's been Dak and kind of a bunch of dudes that have won games and, and, and worked in Mullen's offense, for example, and have been guys that you have liked. But you're, you're going to see more talent at the quarterback position than you've seen absent Dak Prescott at, at Mississippi State. The, the talent at that position is going to increase. The profile of quarterbacks that you are recruiting is going to increase uh, under Jeff Levy. So that, uh, to me, 
is is something that's going to stand out for uh, for state fans. That hasn't been a position where you've had high level talent, like real talent, uh, since uh, Dak. Really, otherwise, you've you've been good, but but not what you're about to be uh, at the quarterback position. At least I don't think so. I think that there there will be really good quarterback play moving forward at Mississippi State. However long uh, Jeff Lebby is there, and uh, the third pro to me is staff connections. It is very different. Uh, than his predecessor, where, you know, Arnett worked in two places, and, and that's it, you know, and, and one of them was certainly not anywhere close to a Power Five. I mean, this is, you know, Jeff Levy was at UCF, which is now a Power Five school. Uh, obviously, he was at Ole Miss, and then at Oklahoma, uh, he's he's got far more connections when it comes to building a staff uh, than his predecessor. So even though he's a first-time head coach, uh, he does have connections uh, that uh, that his predecessor simply uh, did not. So an explosive offense that is proven. He's done it without being under the umbrella of an offensive-minded head coach. He will recruit quarterbacks well. That is going to go well. And staff connections are going to be much better uh, than his his predecessor. The cons, though, the other side of this, he's never done it before. I mean, that is something that has got to be talked about. Uh, he has never done it before. He's never been a head coach before. And, uh, and I know some people are going to say, well, Dan Mullen was uh, an offensive coordinator before he came on at Mississippi State. That is certainly true. So was Joe Moorhead, and Zach Arnett was a defensive coordinator as, uh, as well. So um, there was a lot of talk about State needed to hire somebody with head coaching experience to stabilize. They, they didn't do that. They weren't able to, to do that. They, set, they hired a coordinator. And he hasn't done it before. That that is a that is a con. That is certainly a con. We don't know what a Jeff Levy coached football team is going to look like. And so I'm I'm going to caution people this offseason, and that's my con number two is patience is going to be required here. And that's not me saying that he he won't work out. I have no idea if he's going to work or not. I think that he is going to have a fun brand of football that fans are going to enjoy watching. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to work or not because I haven't seen him be a head coach before. It's hard to tell. But regardless if he's great or if he's average or if he's bad, I don't think we're going to get a, a really good gauge on what that's going to feel like in year one. Year one is going to have to be a year that that fans need to be patient in. What you're going to look for is building, competency, playing uh, above their head at, at times, what recruiting looks like, what portal looks like. That, to me... When you look at the schedule, which is really tough for State next year, and when you look at how much the current roster is losing, especially defensive talent, uh, it's going to be a year that uh, you need to look for the indicators and not necessarily wins and losses. I'm sure there's going to be somebody that's going to predict nine wins or whatever next year because that happens every year, even though it's completely unrealistic at times uh, anyway. You know, certain years, of course, that is a real thing. I mean, State has been there before. Uh, but going into this season, there were predictions that were just totally just uh, unrealistic. And we talked about it on here and on the radio show as well, that th- there were too many people taking too many liberties with all of the question marks and, oh, it's fine, and look at, at how that turned out. Patience is going to be required here. Look for, again, if they play above their heads, if they play close games against the better teams on their schedule, look for offensive improvement, look for style of play, look at recruiting, stuff like that. 
that's going to be what year one is going to be all about for, for Jeff Levy at Mississippi State and not did they go to the Outback Bowl. Well, I know it's not that anymore, but you get my point. Um, th- that's going to be probably tough for some fans to understand that you know, you're building and, and year one is going to be a building year, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Just too much replacing on the roster, another system change. Luckily, the transfer portal is there to, to help bridge that gap a little bit faster. Uh, but like you saw with Auburn this year, we spent the entire offseason, we did anyway, talking about how if Auburn makes a bowl game, it's a good, a really good coaching job for Hugh Freeze. Now, losing to New Mexico State makes that a little bit more difficult to swallow, I imagine. But Auburn's roster was not prepared to win at a high level yet. This Mississippi State roster is not prepared to win at a high level yet. They can improve it in the portal. I expect them to, but still, year one's a building year, and uh, so that is that is going to have to be something that fans are okay with. And I think, by and large, the state fans that I've interacted with over the last couple of days about this seem to really understand that. So that, that's a good uh, place for the fan base to be in. Just look for competency and improvement. If you get that, year one will be uh, a success. So uh, that is Jeff Lebby. That is Mississippi State. Uh, Mike Elko at Texas A&M, and then I will shut up after I uh, after I go to go through this. Um, if I were a Texas A&M fan, if I were one of the boosters, uh, I would again be embarrassed uh, by by how this process ha- has gone. As as we talked about before. Uh, the buyout that they paid, in my opinion, is embarrassing. The fact that they got to a point where they're paying one person $77 million to not coach their football team anymore is embarrassing. I would feel embarrassed having to write those checks every week. Uh, I would be embarrassed by the fact that we gave him a trophy with a national that said national champions on it where you just fill in the date. All of that would have been embarrassing to me. And yet here they are with a search where the athletic director is about to hire a coach. Now I had questions about it. I mean, 77 million to hire Mark Stoops. Uh, I mean, I know he's had really good years where, where Kentucky has really played above their head and had results that were well above their means. But the last couple of seasons, if you, are you really impressed by what has happened there? I'm not, but, Point is, they were about to swipe a sitting SEC head coach, and then you had all of this booster stuff and drama and fan revolts, and so they turn around and hire Mark Stoops with less experience. A defensive-minded head coach at a basketball school who went 7-5 and five this year. And look, Elko's done a really good job at Duke. Trust me, I, I don't mean to diminish how difficult of a job that is and, and what he's done is really, really good. But that process playing out so publicly, getting said no to a lot, which is clear that that has happened, by the way. And I think the message that has been sent in the Texas A&M coaching search is culture matters as much as money. Because, yes, A&M has more money than everybody else. But it's they're in a conference with a bunch of schools that have more money than everybody else not in their conference for the most part, right? I mean, even Ole Miss is paying their coach over $9 million this year, okay? Everybody in the SEC has money. The culture there is one that I wouldn't want to be a part of. That's why Dan Lanning said no to it. You have wildly unrealistic expectations uh, in the most difficult league in America, 
and whatever the hell that is. So uh, the drama is embarrassing. This is why they don't win. This is why Texas A&M doesn't win. And they ran off Stoops to hire Stoops with less experience. Um, Woo. Giggum. And uh, Ross Bjork might be out of a job. For the second time, he was going to hire a solid sitting Power 5 head coach before uh, people who think they know better uh, swooped in and changed that. So um, there we go. There's 15 minutes worth. Let's uh, let's get to your comments, and then we'll close out the night. We'll start with this one, Dylan Gabriel to Mississippi State lock. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's who I uh, I think that that they would get via transfer port. I'm not I'm not sure it's him, but who knows? We'll see. As someone who lives in Lexington, you did not cheer for Kentucky as hard as you did to beat Louisville yesterday. Go Big Blue. It was a hell of an ending as well. They tried to blow it, didn't they? Is Jeff Levy a good hire? Yeah, I think so. You know, we talked about it. I talked about it with you guys. I think that their priority um, should have been, and frankly, I think it was, uh, a, a sitting head coach. And a- after that became um, not something that was going to happen for the prime candidates, uh, I think this this hire does have a high ceiling. Uh, but it does, because of his lack of experience, does have a low floor. And that's okay. I mean, that that's you, you run the risk of, you always run a risk when you hire coaches. I mean, hires that are no-brainers that make a ton of sense still fail. Tom Herman at Texas, right? That was a no-brainer. Absolutely. Tom Herman's going to work. I mean, he's going to make it at Texas, and then he didn't. Or, or, so, I mean, that that happens. So, on paper, great hires don't work out. On paper, bad hires work out. Dabo at Clemson. He was given an F grade by Pat Forty. Or, excuse me, Clemson was given an F grade by Pat Forty when they hired Dabo, and he brought them two national championships. And uh, an incredible run that the school has never come anywhere close to achieving before. Uh, but I, I do think it's it's a high ceiling, low floor uh, kind of thing, just because we don't know uh, what a, what a Levy head coach team uh, is going to look like yet. So there should you should be optimistic, though. I, I would be. I mean, the, you are going to see fun, explosive offense, um, and that hadn't always been the case. I mean, I've lived in Mississippi thirteen years, and and Mississippi State has. Uh, had an offensive identity under Mullen, didn't always wasn't always fun though. Uh, I think you're going to to enjoy watching your team conduct offense this year, and that matters. I mean, in this day and age, man, that that does matter. I know some people don't care or, or think that that shouldn't, but it does. They're going to be fun, and fun is uh, is good. Apparently he's talking to the uh, the crowd right now. So Oh man. I, I was about to I'm not gonna say something. There's I, I am. Mike Wright seems like an incredible guy. But th- there's there's a couple media people that are like, look at how excited Mike Wright is to play for Jeff Levy. He's gonna recruit over him. Uh, he is. I, I, I feel so mean saying that, but he's going to recruit over him. Uh, I, I feel gross. I need to go take a shower, even though I just did. 
Man, you thought Saturday was maybe the best quality football day we've had all season. That Iron Bowl was unbelievable. Shout out to Auburn for not realizing to rush Milrow and just let him stand there. I mean, that was uh, that was malpractice. I uh, I think that was mal. I mean, just coaching malpractice from Hugh Freeze there. And the Iron Bowl once again proves it's the best game and rivalry in college football, bar none. Sorry, Ohio State, Michigan, you're number two. I disagree with you, but that's okay. That was incredible, though. I mean, the, how how on earth can fourth and twenty five for the SEC championship and fourth and thirty one for the Iron Bowl happen to the same coach? I mean, that is devastating. That is absolutely devastating. Florida State looked dead in the water, and now they're one win away from either the playoff or a major screw job. As for Billy Napier, his days are numbered at this point. Yeah, I expect uh, he'll be back next year, but Florida absolutely choked away the last two games of the season. I mean, they could have finished 8-4, and four, had some momentum, and they choked both of those games uh, away. Edward, I hate the discourse right now. I- I've talked about it before with you guys, but but I, I hate I- – I saw it on ESPN this morning – we, we are already setting up the conversation to leave an undefeated Florida State, Power 5 Conference champion Florida State, out of the playoff. We're already setting up that conversation. And you still have people that will talk about how playoff expansion is bad. When, when an undefeated Florida State winning a Power 5 Conference is being talked about getting left out of the playoff, you have a flawed system. And yes, I know. And and here's the thing that bothers me, because we play 12 regular season games and then conference championships. And those same people that talk about how expansion is bad start bringing up Vegas odds when it comes to their arguments to support that Florida State doesn't belong. It's it's total nonsense. Yes, the odds makers are good at what they do. They also said Michigan was an eight-point favorite over TCU last year. And what happened? Right, Ohio State was a one-point favorite over Clemson in a college football playoff game, and Clemson beat them by 30. So what's the point of playing regular season games if we get to this point and we say, ah, it doesn't matter? And I know that Florida State's quarterback got hurt. I know, and I know that's impactful. But how impactful? How do you measure it? Because Ohio State won a national championship with a third-string quarterback. So how do you measure how impactful Travis's injury is to Florida State? How much? Does it knock them out of the playoff? Okay. Well, but Michigan lost an offensive lineman in the Ohio State game. Now, offensive linemen are not as important as quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. But how much is is a key, like, high-quality offensive lineman's injury worth to Michigan? Is it – and how much is Jordan Travis worth? What if it was Cade McNamara that got hurt? Or or what if it was – Carson Beck that got hurt. Is Travis more or less valuable than Carson Beck? How do you gauge that? It is an impossible standard. Seriously, it's an impossible standard to be consistent with. And so what has to happen is the games on the field, the results have to matter. When you get into the subjective of, well, this team would be favored against this one, or, well, their quarterback got hurt, therefore they're not as good as this team, you lose me. And, and you lose the integrity of what a playoff is supposed to be. 
That's why we need expansion to at least have a an objective criteria. Florida State winning the ACC, there would be no debate whether or not they get in. They would get in. And if they get blown out by Georgia, they get blown out by Georgia. There's been blowouts every single year of the college football playoff. This year wouldn't be any different. But if you're telling me that, well, they lost their quarterback, they shouldn't be in, would you have said that to Ohio State when a third stringer won the national championship? It's The, the subjective bothers me so much because it's the same people that talk about Vegas odds and, well, I think this team would be better than this one. Talk about the diminishment of the regular season with expansion. Well, you're diminishing the regular season by saying that Florida State winning every single one of their games doesn't matter. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. It's interesting how A&M, Mississippi State, and Arkansas all went about coaching decisions. Arkansas basically folded and is not taking football seriously. State is taking a big but important risk on Levy and A&M laughing uh, emoji. Yeah, uh, so it it is a risk on Levy. Uh, Absolutely, but at least... It, there's something to sell, right? At least there's something w- with this hire that despite the risks, there's a lot of reasons that you can point to to think, hey, that's going to work out and that's going to be fun. And that's going to energize a fan base going into a very important time in college football where fundraising is so important. And I mean, you know, with a good year, you can make the playoff. And so, you know, I'm with you. Our Arkansas that decision to keep Sam Pittman is going to haunt them. They're entering the 12-team playoff era, adding Texas and Oklahoma, completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. At least with Mississippi State, and even A&M, although it's it's different because it's a de- defensive guy and the, the search was a disaster. Um, you've got something to, to grab onto. You've got something to be excited about. You've got something to sell. You've got something to fundraise over. You're engaging your fan base. What is an Arkansas fan to be excited about right now? They, they are they are completely diving into the pool of irrelevancy when generating excitement is of utmost importance. You feel like a nice bull win would be the last monkey off of last year's back, and it would be great if Kiffin would stop lowering the bull win percentage. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Andy Staples uh, put out there, um, and, and here's the thing. I, I know that it would require a, a big jump from Ole Miss. They would have to jump Penn State and Missouri to, to have Andy Staples' projections be right. But Andy Staples put Ole Miss against Texas in the Cotton Bowl, and that includes him expecting Florida State to make the playoff. So two ACC teams would get in. He left off Oklahoma. No, excuse me. He had Oklahoma uh, jumping Penn State as well as Missouri, and he had Ole Miss jumping Penn State and Missouri. It's possible that he's wrong. It's it's entirely possible that Andy Staples is wrong uh, about this. But I listen when a guy like him puts something like that out there. He does. He's not doing it just for clicks. Andy Staples doesn't throw shit against the wall and just hope it sticks. Andy Staples was the first guy to talk about Zach Arnett's buyout being cheap. Remember that? We talked about that weeks and weeks ago. And one problem, I mean, Haydad and Robbie talked about it a lot because they understand who Andy Staples is and and how he got to where he is and why he's one of, if not the most respected voices in college football media. I would say he and Ross Dellinger are the two guys where if they say something, you, I mean, the the credibility for those guys is, is just through the roof. And there's a reason for that. And so Andy Staples was the first guy that was like, 
State might fire Zach Arnett. Look at this buyout. It's terrible. But you had some local pushback. Oh, there's no way. That's that, that, no, I, the school assured us that that's never going to happen. Uh, of course it was going to. And, and credit to Haydad and Robbie for uh, diving in despite what some, some other spin was. That's why I like those guys so much. One, because I, I work with one of them and I would consider him a friend. But two, because they understood when Andy Staples talks, you listen, right? And so when Andy Staples puts a bold projection like that out there, I think you should listen to it. I mean, and, and, you know, the committee's done it before. They've done late flips despite no games being played before. they got two more rankings to put out here, guys. And so when you look at the the resumes, when you look at Ole Miss's resume, it's significantly better than Missouri's. It is. I know what Missouri has looked like lately, but on paper, the tangible – the resume, it's not its not debatable. It's not anywhere close. There is no debate. Ole Miss's resume on paper is much better than Missouri's, and it's better than Penn State's uh, as well. And, and so, you know, if the committee finally looks at it a certain way, you know, maybe, if we're being honest, maybe money gets thrown in there as well because that drives everything. Uh, maybe Andy's on to something. I just, I would, uh, I, I would describe it as a mistake. If uh, if you just disregarded Andy Staples' uh, playoff projections, it would it would be a mistake. So the Egg Bowl is about to get very toxic. Yeah, I guess I uh, I guess um, I mean the two fan bases don't like each other, and that hasn't changed despite the coaches liking each other. But honestly, I thought Kiffin's tweets were funny today. It's Twitter. It, it's funny. I, I I know people take that too seriously, and, and they shouldn't. It's Twitter. It's it's all it is. Uh, anyway, Ross Bjork must have been so embarrassed. The fan base basically had a coup to push Stoops away. Could you imagine the phone call that Ross had to give to Mark Stoops, like after it was done, or basically like right there to being done? And hey, Mark, sorry. Uh, a couple members of the board are are telling me no after we've already gone way down the road and you've interviewed and you've allowed the like the story has gotten out and so your team thinks you're leaving and your fan base thinks you're leaving and oh by the way you've got an enter and off season where you're raising money and everybody thinks that you have one foot out the door uh because you do and uh sorry essentially and that has happened to him twice now that happened at Ole Miss now it wasn't fan revolt it was one chancellor that thought he could save his job by promoting, making the AD promote an interim. He also gave Luke a horrible contract. But that's the thing, man. Ross Bjork, for, for the failure that this search was, had a good coach locked in. Not a great one. Kind of underwhelming, but still good. And the same thing with the old Miss search. Dave Doran is freaking solid. Go look at his record. He won nine games at NC State again this year. Like, had him on the airplane ready to go and got derailed by uh, somebody above his head. That is <laughs> that's Ross Bjork's career in a, nut- in a nutshell. But he'll be the NFL commissioner next year based on how it's gone. You expect Judkins to win the Connor Lee again? Um, you know, look at Watson's numbers. Look uh, I think all three, uh, Shigog at Delta State, I mean, his numbers are incredible. He won a playoff game throwing six touchdowns last weekend. I know they lost this past weekend, but he has like 40-something touchdowns and two turnovers this season. I mean, he's been incredible, and 
I don't hate the uh, throwing a bone to the little guy. I really don't hate that. Um, I mean, Judkins was elite in the Egg Bowl. Everybody's last look, he was great. But, man, Buki Watson's numbers, I mean, first in the SEC in tackles, first in the SEC in tackles for loss and sacks. I mean, he should be a first-team All-American. I don't think he will be because the team was bad, but he should be. So, I mean, honestly, you could tell me that you were voting for for any of them. And I would, I wouldn't disagree with you. I know that's like very fence straddling. That's not what you're supposed to do in this business. But if you sat here and told me, "Hey, I'm going to vote for Patrick Sheegan," good for you, man. Like I, I get it totally. Like you can argue that. Hey, I'm going to vote for Judkins. Totally get it. Like you can argue that. And, and there's not great counters. Hey, I'm going to vote for Watson. I get it. It makes sense. So I know that's not that's not good radio, but it is. Um, you know, it's what I believe. Like, I have no problem with how you vote if you vote for one of those three. No problem at all. I have a feeling Lebby will be Lane's new Jimbo in the trolling space. He already started that today. Already started that today. What say we go 3-0 and at the half to 35-31 at the half next year in the Egg Bowl? That sounds more like it. Also say not being a homer, but Watson should win the Connerly. A guy who might win National Linebacker of the Year award should probably win the Connerly. Say this higher screams. We're just trying to be like Ole Miss, much like the Leach higher. Lebby, however, is an improving commodity. Um, I have seen people say things like they only hired him because he coached at Ole Miss. I, I, I mean, you, if you say that, you're ignoring the fact that Zach Selman was at Oklahoma when Lebby was. So, I mean, there's a more direct connection there. Um, and I, I don't think state fans would disagree with this. Um, he wasn't their first choice. That, that's okay. That's what happens in coaching searches. This is what I think we talked about last time I talked to you guys is, you know, you, you get the spin from some people that, you know, everybody wants the job. And that's never true for any coaching search ever. Texas A&M got said no to a lot, as it turns out, like a lot. Uh, so it's okay that you did too, but that, that's not where they, that, that wasn't the first guy and that's okay. Um, so going to be really interesting as to how Lebby's going to flip the program. You think it gives state juice now with how he runs an offense, but we'll see if he can actually stack up against his former boss and in the sec, of course. I mean, they're, they're really going to have to turn over the roster. I'm curious to see how he wants to do that. If he goes really portal heavy in year one, that's probably what he needs to do uh, because they are losing a lot of freaking guys. I mean, a lot, a lot of guys. Um, So that's probably where they're going to have to go. I would assume they're going to have to do it with a quarterback as well. Those aren't cheap. So it's, it's going to be an expensive off season. I think for Mississippi state, if, if they're going to try to, you know, get competitive, get back into the postseason in year one. And, and I think that, uh, you know, by and large, the, the fan base understands that and is prepared to, to try to do what they can to make that happen. But it's going to have to be kind of a full roster flip. Um, kind of. Uh, kind of a full. They're going to have to get a lot of portal guys. Um, yeah. So. You think it's good hire for state, but they have to find a good DC? Yes, sir, they do. They really went and hired another coordinator. They 
that uh, that they did. He has to have a dynamic quarterback for the offense to work. He's had one at basically every stop. Absolutely, he has. You could argue the flip side that the quarterbacks have been dynamic because of him. You say Corral certainly wasn't before he got there. Obviously, Lane has a massive impact on that particular particular offense. But see Hendon Hooker and Heupel's offense. Levy's O is more Heupel than Kiffin. Also see K.J. Jefferson with Bryles and without. Yeah, see, I had somebody ask me, you know, how much of Corral's development was Lebby. And honestly, I don't know. But I think that what I said before holds true. I mean, you, you've seen the step forward that Jackson Dart has taken uh, w- without Jeff Lebby being there. So, I mean, Kiffin's got the years-long track record of developing quarterbacks. So what you should be encouraged by is what has happened at Oklahoma. And that's what you should kind of gravitate your thoughts to was how Oklahoma has looked offensively and what they've done, not being under the shadow of Kiffin or Heifel. That's kind of, that. that's what I would be if I, if I were you guys right now. And they shouldn't tell you what to do or think, but uh, I would be far less focused on Matt Corral than I would what Oklahoma has been, if that makes sense. Because Corral took a big step. Jackson Dart put up corral numbers this year, basically. If you look at like QBR and TD to INT ratio and total yards and stuff like that. So, you know, it's hard to it's hard to take much away from that. So look at what happened at Oklahoma, and you should be really encouraged by what happened at Oklahoma, but that's where I would gravitate towards. Cue the nine and three predictions for Levy in year one. And yeah, you know there. You know, there was one person here that that wasn't buying that. Um, but and that will do a disservice to him in year one too. If if people start throwing crap like that out there, the goal should be look better, look competent, try to win more than you lose. Like if they go seven and five and go to a bowl game, it's a success in year one. I know some fans won't like that, but that that is my opinion, and you know. I think that that is more realistic than some of the stuff you're going to get this offseason. Are the Oklahoma fans who wanted him out just doing the Alabama Pete Golding criticism because it kind of seems that way to you? Who are they really getting better? Yeah, Oklahoma's offense was exceptional this year. It was exceptional. I think some of the stuff you're getting is because of the the Bryles deal, who is his father-in-law, but but the way that went down um, – was off-putting to Oklahoma people. So that's some of it. But, yeah, if they're complaining about the offense, then they're foolish. It, it was it was a great offense, an exceptional offense this year. And last year, too, for that matter. That, that Scoring points wasn't their issue a year ago, despite the record being bad. So, yeah, I do think there is some of that there. Absolutely there is. You have two concerns as a state fan, a lack of head coaching experience, and who's going to be the D.C.? Somebody says Durkin as state D.C. I don't know. I think he's going to um, – He's. Got, I think he's going to have a lot of options, Will Durkin. Um, maybe there's been enough time where he could possibly get back and do head coaching a, a smaller school. We'll, uh, we'll see. But um, they could certainly do worse, that's for sure. Yeah, the defensive side of the ball will be crucial. Leach got that right, but his offense honestly wasn't very good. Definitely not consistent. 
Step one, defensive coordinator, a good one, can't be cheap. Step two, lockdown Tulu and Xavion. Portal, step three, portal a quarterback. Step four, try to flip recent decommitments. Step five, portal like hell. So are Ole Miss fans cheering for Louisville on Saturday? Uh, no. Here's, here's the thing, though. If Louisville wins, the ACC is getting two teams and access bowls. If Florida State wins, they can make the playoff. Therefore, they would still get two teams in access bowls. Uh, I think what you want to happen is Florida State to lose and then get left out. But if you believe Andy Staples, then it's not going to matter, which is interesting as hell. State needs to keep Art Bryles out of the picture. Levy got in hot water for that. Yes, he does. Yep, I agree with that. Um, and I know some state fans um, will as well. Just, you know, don't make it – just don't make it part of your program. I know he's your kid's father-in-law. He can sit in the stands with everybody else. But, yeah, that needs to be out of the picture for sure. You just It's just an additional distraction that, that you don't need to bring on you. And, and it was brought on him at Oklahoma, and that caused weird stuff. So just don't do it at State. Lanning hadn't done it before. Neither had Kirby, nor had Sark before Washington. Neither had the best coach in school history. Yeah. But, like I said earlier, counterpoint, Zach Arnett hadn't done it before. Joe Moorhead hadn't done it before. To, to keep it in state, Matt Luke at Ole Miss hadn't done it before. Uh, you've got Shane Beamer hadn't done it before, and he's failing at South Carolina. So, um, oh gosh, what's his name? His name's escaping me at Tennessee, who just got in NCAA trouble. Jeremy Pruitt hadn't done it before. Uh, so, you know, there are examples of of it failing too, just as many as there are as it being successful. I mean, it's just, we have to wait and see. I, I know that's not the best way to, uh, to create content, but we, we will, we will have to wait and see. Coaching searches black Sunday is real. Yeah. T you go up to India. T are you the grim reaper? You, you take a job at Indiana and then Indiana, fires their coach. It's your fault. He's 20 million or no, he took a buy he took a reduced buyout. I wonder what that's all about. He took like a uh a settlement of like 15 million did Tom Allen. But yeah, T, you move there and the coach gets fired. They need to be afraid of you. Coordinators are always a dice roll, but more coordinators get hired than head coaches get poached. I wanted a head coach, but if that wasn't an option, you make the best case or you make the case that this was the best coordinator available. Fun fact, next year, assuming Kiffin's still in college football, he'll reach 100 career wins. How about that? I had no idea. If State doesn't go to a bowl game next year, do I think Levy will be on the hot seat, or do I believe that they will give him more leeway and time? They, as an institution, have to give him more leeway and time. Yes, he, w- he will not be on a hot seat if they happen to not make a bowl game next year. Uh, that would be job suicide if if they did that. It it really would. You you can't you cannot be known as a school with uh, 
with three coaches in very recent history going two or one and out. Can't do that. So, yes, he and Zach Selman strikes me as a guy that understands that, I mean, with some comments that have been made recently about investment into football, understands that um, they need to do some internal department growing when it comes to football. And so, yes, he's he's going to get time. They are, they, it is a requirement. They have to give him time. There, there can't be a year one hot seat. No way. Honestly, it would be fun to see State lose because of defense so they can understand the pain. Uh, you think it's overall a good hire with high risk and potentially high reward? They have to give him time, though. I agree. Why couldn't Mississippi State hire Elko instead? Because he's at Texas A&M. That's why. He was waiting for that one, apparently. As a Kentucky fan, your happy Stoops is still there. A&M would have been a terrible fit for him, but you understand his interest. I guess we'll have to wait a little longer for the Sumrall reign here. Yeah, whenever Kirk Ferentz retires, there you go. You keep getting told State is in a good place in NIL. Proof is about to be in the pudding. That's what I said. I guess it was two Fridays ago on the radio show, Chase. Uh you know, we can talk about how much money people have all day. I mean, we can do the posturing where, oh, they've got this many million or they did this campaign where they raised $2 million and, and all that. And we can do that all day long. We're going to know how much money they have when the transfer portal opens up. That's when we're going to know. This cycle and then the spring cycle. That's when you know how much money you got. Uh, because right now the posturing is just trying to keep fans happy or whatever. That's when we'll know. We'll know what kind of portal class they're they're pulling in, the quality of players. Uh, that that's when we'll know uh, how much they, in what kind of place they are as a collective, and that applies to literally everybody. Uh, that that's when we'll know. So you know we can throw out dollar figures if we want to, but we'll know when it comes time to go buy players. Elko's a good hire, but A and M is such a disgrace. They are. You don't think Stoops and Elko are that different either? I'm way behind on these messages, so I'm going to rapid fire because we've been going long tonight, and I appreciate you guys. All the money in the world, they're 12 and 12 over the last two years. Seriously. Texas 8 and 4 is going to be 8, Texas 8 and 4. They have always been uh, that way. This guy is a complete idiot. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. You're not wrong. It's not very nice, but you're not wrong. What did Levy do to piss off Ole Miss? Eh, there, there was, eh, I don't know. Max Johnson to Kentucky, perhaps. Max Johnson to Mississippi State, perhaps. General Booty, next Mississippi State quarterback, huh? Thoughts on rumors that Levy could bring in Kendall Bryles as his OC? Be interesting. Um, you know, wasn't there talk of Kendall Bryles possibly going to A&M, too? I don't know. I'm going to skip a few of these guys. I hate to I hate to do this, but JRP to state for his final year. Oh, God. Is it me or is, just, is it me or is Ole Miss' schedule next year a cakewalk minus Georgia? It's never a cakewalk, but it certainly sets up well for them, for uh, for sure. Christmas wish list. Gabriel uses extra year to stay at Oklahoma. 
Jackson Arnold comes with Levy. For whatever it's worth, Arnold's dad like went on Twitter or uh, or something and said uh, that he's staying at Oklahoma. But you know, dads say things. It's not, it's not always not always true. Everyone, even if Georgia was everyone, even Georgia was not sharp this weekend. Florida State did what they needed to do. Where's the Washington and Alabama criticism that Florida State is getting for struggling? It's not there because this debate is stupid. It, the, the 14 playoff is stupid, and I'm glad it's going away for our teams here in Mississippi and for debates like Florida State. Yes, Ohio State is done. They are not in consideration. They are not in consideration. Let's see. A lot of playoff debate in here. I appreciate all you guys. I, I, if I'm skipping over your message, it's just because we we did want, uh, run long uh, long tonight. So. The conferences are all unbalanced, and the records are not really how good teams are. Just look at Louisville, those frauds. They are frauds. But, hey, that took care of itself. Penn State isn't much different. Florida State is in a tough spot. Absolutely. But, hey, Florida State undefeated Power 5 Conference should they win Saturday with two SEC wins, one on the road, one on a neutral site against a top 15 team who might have the Heisman Trophy winner. You know? So Florida State's resume is really damn good, honestly. Win at Clemson as well. Durkin would be a good hire for State, I would agree, if he were to end up there. Personally, you think both Ole Miss and Missouri should go to a New York Six? I agree. I'm, I'm not impressed with Penn State in any way, shape, or form. Never, Not at all. I mean, they, they have a couple of good guys on the defensive line. They play good defense. But I think that's in part because of who they've played. You think AM asked Campbell Lanning and DeBoer they didn't know what to do? Think they came down to trailer Elko and then Bjork lied to the BOR and offered Stoops without approval, then got Elko? Yeah, disaster. What kind of personality regarding Lebby? Um, sweetheart pricker, weirdo. Uh, definitely not a sweetheart. I mean, you know, he, he's a little. It's not like super charismatic, but, you know, who cares, right? Uh, Just win. That's all that matters. But, yeah, you're not going to get, like, electric press conferences or anything like that. Um, So, yeah. Ole Miss has the resume. Missouri looks better coming down the stretch, so either one won't be an argument for me. Missouri has had the better November, including not losing to a team by five touchdowns. True. But here's what's so weird about that. Ole Miss beat Georgia Tech by more than Georgia did. So is Ole Miss better than Georgia? Ole Miss beat Vanderbilt by more than Georgia did. So is Ole Miss better than Georgia? So signaling out the Missouri thing with Georgia while while not doing those, you see, it it gets messy when you do it like that. Give Mark Stoops credit. Came out and made a statement. Not many coaches would do that. Yeah, I thought that was good, actually, where he straight up was like, yeah, I considered it, and I'm not going. I'm happy here. Might not be the truth, but still, uh, acknowledging that he did that instead of lying, and I don't know where that came from. That was a media creation or whatever. So. But, oh, we're not going to talk about Kiffin leaving tonight. We're not doing that. We'll do that in the summer. I love you, man. You know, I'm just picking on you, but. Bookie Watson almost single-handedly kept State in the game in the first half in the Egg Bowl. Yeah, 42 tackles over the last two games. He's unbelievable. 
Jeff Levy to Mississippi State is the definition of you either die here or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Yeah. You are right. Lane Kiffin was not Ole Miss's first choice. It was uh, it was Mike Norvell. And he uh, chose Florida State. So Ole Miss got Kiffin. That is, that is how that went. Talked about Bryles a little bit. Who goes to Houston? Sounds like Willie Fritz is uh, is going to go to Houston. You'll take a seven and five and bowl win. Yeah, I mean, if that's what they pull off, it's a it's a very successful year one. The uh, yeah, that that would be a very successful year one for sure. If they can pull that off, absolutely. The schedule's really tough, and so. I mean, God, look at the road games. Good Lord. Ooh, that's that's not fun. Might be the toughest schedule in the SEC next year, not named Florida. Look at Florida's schedule. Good Lord on that one. Uh, what is it, UCF, Miami, and Florida State are on their schedule? <sighs> Considering the reset Levy's going to have to carry out, getting to a bowl and looking exciting is most important. I agree. Wish we had Arnett as the D.C., Possible he ends up at LSU, maybe uh, Southern Cal. Aranda now sticking with Baylor leaves uh, leaves that uh, possibility open. It would be interesting if State decides to actually ask for NIL money. Yeah, they have absolute. They they they've started changing that approach. What they were doing up until recently was not good it, it was not good enough and they needed to change their approach and they're changing um they're changing their approach sorry i thought i muted before i did that forgive me please drawing texas and missouri as new opponents is tough yes definitely uh, beamer on the hot seat next year yes he will be on the hot seat next year absolutely he uh, he will um Next three jobs coming open, the SEC, Arkansas, Florida, and South Carolina, right? Yes. Those are those are definitely the hot seat jobs going into 2024. Let's say Auburn loses the bowl and finishes 6-7. and seven. Is Freeze already on the pressure cooker in year two, or is he safe? Depends on how year two goes. But, yeah, I mean, we know how impatient they are. But Elko's going to have to hire a big-time OC. See if he... I mean, I, I saw somebody earlier say Kendall Bryles there. That would be interesting. Is the Cooper Manning talk to state in charge of NIL true or a ridiculous rumor? I, I mean, I would be shocked beyond measure. Like, I would be more surprised if I woke up on... I would be more surprised about that than if I woke up on Mars tomorrow. Would Sean Lewis be a good choice for OC if Charlie Weiss left? Uh, he would be a great choice. That would be what I think should be candidate number one. But anyway, I got to run, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, this is always a, a lot of fun. Sorry if I didn't read all of your messages. I just I'm, I got lucky tonight. There's a lot of them. No stream on Tuesday because we'll be at the Connerly. Definitely be back on Thursday with, uh, with you guys, though. And uh, thank you. Please like the video. And uh, I'll talk to you guys again for sure on Thursday. I will post something between now and then. But uh, I'll see you guys then. Y'all have a good one. A 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.